Good morning. We want to welcome you here today on this Palm Sunday as we gather together to celebrate our risen King, our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Uh, a welcome to any guests that are with us in person or online. Uh, my name is Paul. I'm one of the pastors here at Hope. So Palm Sunday is this beginning of what we know as Holy Week. Jesus triumphantly enters into Jerusalem on a colt, the foal of a donkey, and he is hailed as king. He is hailed as king. It's an important day. And as I read through this account, one of the things I think that is amazing about Palm Sunday is just the levels and layers of symbolism and prophecy that is fulfilled in this event. To those who, who do not maybe know the, the details and Jewish customs and cultures, it may look like, okay, Jesus enters in through the East Gate on a donkey. But there's far more going on in this. And as I was preparing for this, I, I just was going through all these things. So I, I just want to share some of the things that are, are going on. First, uh, it, it's interesting. Jesus enters through the East Gate. Jerusalem is a walled city. It's a walled city that has gates for entry in and out of it. Still to this day, uh, that is true. There's checkpoints where people have to check in and check out to get into it. And Jesus is going through the East Gate. The East Gate was also sometimes known as the Sheep's Gate. And while it was called the, the Sheep's Gate, is because this was the gate that Passover lambs spotless lambs that were raised in Bethlehem were marched north to Jerusalem to enter through the East Gate and the people would gather on this very day that Jesus was entering in and they would look at these lambs to begin to pick out or select the lamb that they were going to purchase for the Passover sacrifice for their family. You know, they're kind of lining up the lambs, and, you know, if you had a big family, you needed a big lamb. If you had a small family, you need a small lamb. It's kind of like Easter and Christmas for us, right, with a ham or a turkey. Except far more religiously significant, because this was the sacrifice that they were going to make in a very specific way in order to atone for the sins that they had in this world. Well, Jesus enters in, the East Gate, the Sheep's Gate, on Lamb Selection Day. And little did they know that he was the spotless Lamb of God that would take away the sin of the world. Wow. You think about what they were crying out. The people were crying out this, this word of praise, this, this Hebrew word of praise, Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest heaven, which literally means, translated, God Save us. Save us, Lord. And so as they cried out, Hosanna, uh, did they know? Could they have possibly known? No, they couldn't have. That Jesus was coming to do exactly that. They thought Jesus was maybe going to come and incite a, a, a violent, res, you know, violent uh, reclaiming of their country from Roman oppression. But Jesus was coming to save them 
for the forgiveness of their sin. And they were calling that out. Hosanna, God save us. The palms and the coats, as Jesus enters, they, they wave palm branches. They, they put coats down. This has uh, allusions to scriptures in the Old Testament. The reason why you waved palm branches would have been to hail a victorious king. If a king would have processed into Jerusalem or his city, you know, people would have cut down palm branches and waved them in the air to represent victory. They were looking for a worldly victory. Jesus was giving them victory over death itself. This day fulfills prophecy. Zechariah 9.9. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So Zechariah was written hundreds of years before this, predicts that the Savior would come riding in, not just on a donkey, but on a baby donkey. And Jesus enters in Jerusalem this way. Daniel 9.25 says this, No one understand. From the time the word goes out to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. So Daniel is in a time when Jerusalem, the temple, has been destroyed. He says, the anointed one, the ruler, comes, and there will be seven sevens and 62 sevens, and it will be built with streets and a trench, but in times of trouble. Well, seven sevens and 62 sevens from the time that Daniel wrote this is 483 years. In 483 years from the time that Daniel wrote this to the day, the 10th of the Hebrew calendar in the month of Nisan, Jesus enters into Jerusalem to the day, 483 years. That's impossible to accomplish. Psalm 118, 26 says, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This psalm was fulfilled. And it was something that the people were crying out, but the Hebrew people would have understood that that psalm was only reserved for the returning of the Savior King the Messiah of the world. There's just layers and layers and layers of symbolism and meaning to this day. And I was going through all that and, and I was thinking as a preacher, man, I could make a sermon out of any one of those points. But it, it just wasn't going that way. But, and so I reread the text and reread the text and, and something just jumped out at me this year that in 21 years of preaching Palm Sunday, really hadn't jumped out before. And that was this text. Jesus, he's entering into Jerusalem, and there's two types of people in the crowd. There's those that are crying out, Hosanna, those that are crying out, praise him, and then there's Pharisees and their followers, the religious leaders of the day, and they're not too happy about this. They're threatened by Jesus. They're, they're trying to stifle any sort of resurrection, you know, any sort of um, riot of any sort. They're trying to keep things calm. And, and so they go up to Jesus and his disciples and they, and they say, Jesus, you need to stop your disciples from shouting out these praises. Tell them to be quiet. And Jesus says something interesting. He says, he says if they don't, if they don't make this noise, if they don't proclaim my praise, then even the rocks will cry out. And I was really intrigued by that phrase. What does it mean, the rocks will cry out? 
right? We know that Jesus Christ is the rock, that's symbolism, but I'd never seen in, in, in scripture any other place where, where the rocks cry out. Psalm 114.6 says that the mountains will leap, right? That's kind of close. Habakkuk 2.11 says the stones of the wall will cry out and the beams of the woodwork will echo it because there's a great injustice that's happening that the house will give witness to it. So you have kind of that symbolism. But there's no Old Testament reference to what Jesus is saying today, which there often is. So what does this mean that the, the rocks will come out? I got a, uh, you know, a prop here today. I wanted to bring in a real big rock, but they're buried in snow. And, and it would be complicated to lift a rock this heavy. So this is a prop rock from our Hope Kids <laughs> closets. Just to get you thinking about this. What does it mean that the rocks will cry out? Can rocks make noise? There was one time in my life, I was in the boundary waters with a group of kids, and we were in a series of lakes, and, and we heard this massive, thunderous crash and rumbling. And we found out uh, the next day, because we went to the next lake, it was a rock slide, a cliff face came down, right? So rocks made noise in that point, but that, that really wasn't of their own volition. That was because of gravity and erosion and those things. So what does Jesus mean that the rocks will cry out? Well, I believe it means this. What Jesus is saying is that something so momentous, so momentous, so important, so ridiculously amazing and is happening that nothing, nothing is going to stop it. There is no way that Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, will not be praised as he enters Jerusalem. It's just not going to happen. The Pharisees could try to, to quiet the crowds, but, but the king is returning to his throne. The Savior is on a mission to redeem the world, and no one's going to silence this. No one's going to stop the crowds and the disciples from shouting Jesus' praise. And if they do, then even the very creation, the rocks themselves, will cry out in praise at Jesus, the King of Kings. The rocks will cry out. As I think about it, why, why do we cry out? Why do we cry out? Have you ever thought about what it means to cry out? To cry out means that, that usually something comes out of our mouth that just has to. Something comes out of our mouth that, 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 that whatever we've experienced or we've received forces it out of there. And, and I think that what's true is, is that in this world, we, we cry out for one of two reasons, primarily. Because of pain or because of praise. Because of pain or because of praise. Psalm 107.6 says, Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. We know the pain part, right? Drop something heavy on your foot. You will cry out, and you may even cry out in the Lord's name. Which then you have to apologize for. Right? But if you've lived life enough, and you've experienced loss that's tragic and unexpected, the loss that feels like your heart's ripped out, and your soul's been cut in half, what do you do? We cry out, we cry. 
Oh, in our stoicism, we may try to repress those tears, but we're probably going to go in private and let them out because something has to be said. Something has to come out. We cry out in pain, but we also cry out in praise, right? Where do we, we do this? The birth of a child. I remember both of my kids when they came into this world, right? And they cry out. They're born. What is the first thing the baby does? Cries out, right? They're exposed to this big, wide world, and they cry out. This is in us. And then the dad is there bawling too. At least I was, right? Because it's so wonderful. This news is so great. And and then we got to tell everyone. We can't keep silent. And and I know that's true of uh, of this culture. Uh, I've been to basketball games and NDSU football games and UND games, right? And I've seen all of you who are very reserved and proper in church. (laughs) Not judging today. But I am asking a question. We see something so marvelous and and we, we, we scream and we yell with all of our heart because we're so excited and enthralled. Yet does God's love in Jesus Christ move us to the same? It's a question we need to ponder and to ask. Because of all the victories that have ever been won in the history of the world, the victory of Jesus Christ on the cross is the most amazing and momentous and powerful that the world has ever experienced. Jesus is coming to save the world by dying on a cross. And if we keep quiet, the rocks themselves are going to proclaim his praise. Do you hear what I'm saying today? Sometimes we got to say something, and yes, I know, that was bad grammar. Sometimes we've got to say something. They cried, Hosanna. They were tired. They were overtaxed. They were held captive. They were stressed to the limit by the politics of the day. Sound familiar? They were worn out by this oppression. They weren't free anymore, and they felt it to their bone, and so they cried out, Hosanna, God, save us. Regardless if you believe it or not, Jesus says, if you try to stop it, the rocks will cry out. The king is coming to Jerusalem. Jesus is on a rescue mission. He's on a collision course. The intersection is the cross. Sin, death, and the devil meet Jesus head on in a universe-changing battle. And the infinite one, Jesus Christ, wins victory with his unstoppable love. Here's an Easter spoiler alert. I know it's Palm Sunday. But Easter, spoiler alert, Jesus wins. He's victorious. No one's going to stop this parade. Unstoppable, all-powerful, love of God, victorious. No one is going to stop Jesus from going to the cross. And that is the good news we celebrate today on Palm Sunday. That Jesus Christ is King that he is victorious.
that he alone, above all things, is worthy of our praise. And here's the thing. What's the cry of your heart? See, we're all going to cry out in pain or in praise. We're either going to cry out to curse God or to bless God. There's no middle road. There's no in-between when it comes to this. Either our heart is surrendered and devoted to him in praise, or it's not. Either we worship him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. We love God with everything in us. Or we worship ourselves. And we follow the way we want to go. Where is the praise of your heart today? It's good news that Jesus entered into Jerusalem through that gate to save the sin of the world. But, but I've got some... I've got some even more amazing news to add to that today. Some more amazing news. There's going to be another parade. Did you know that? Jesus is going to triumphantly enter into our world again. Palm Sunday is just a foretaste of a feast to come. Jesus Christ is going to come again to judge the living and the dead. He's going to come again into our broken worlds to bring his mission to redeem the world to completion. 1 Thessalonians 4 says this, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together and then in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and we will be with the Lord forever. Ready or not, believe it or not, Jesus Christ sits on the throne and he will come again to judge the living and the dead, to redeem all of creation and all of creation at that point. Even the rocks will cry out in praise. What's the cry of your heart today? The good news of Jesus Christ is made known to us fully in his death and resurrection and his promise to come again. Will you keep silent? Or is that news so good and so amazing that we have to share it? Nothing's gonna stop the unstoppable love of God. Amen. Father, we thank you today for your grace, love, and mercy. We thank you, Lord, for your unstoppable love. We thank you, Lord, that you entered not like any other king, not in a Cadillac, not with a chariot pulled by 12 horses or any royal
powerful, earthly sort of way. But she came humbly riding on a donkey, vulnerable to save us. Hosanna, Lord, to save us from sin and death and the devil. And so, Lord, be with us today and give us your strength and might as we proclaim your praise. Lord, may we praise you with all of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.